Blog Talk Radio. Radio. La Cosa Nostra is a family unit located on allpoetry.com, allpoetry.com, the world's largest poetry community. want to thank Kevin and the crew for giving us a place to hang our hats, call home, call us family. <clears throat> our house is a, uh, is a place where we can uh, share new uh, poetry and also read that poetry that we have missed during our other shows because we do get busy a lot of the times. 
So without further ado, I'm going to go to the phone lines and welcome to the show, Sinister. Hey, Sin, what's up? Oh, not much, man. Sick as a dog. <laughs> oh, man, that's not I'm good. Not that's doing not too well either. Hopefully, hopefully we can make you feel a little better today. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> uh. You don't you, yeah, you don't have the you don't have the thing, do you? Uh, I don't think so, but I'm gonna go get tested because everybody in the house is sick. So one of us has got to oh. go get tested. It'll be me. Yeah, better safe than sorry. That's that's a, that's the thing. Yeah. Uh, I know our 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 first the shift on our work. Yeah, the first shift on our work has got hit by seven seven people. So, wow. yeah, it, it's, well, I don't um, really expose myself. I go out with a mask constantly, but, you know, you never know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, and hopefully it's everybody else that needs to wear the mask around you. That's the important part. <laughs> That's what people got to understand. This mask thing is um, it, it needs to be done by everybody. <clears throat> this thing does not need to be um a secondary thought in our minds. We're living in a new world, folks. We're living in the world that they uh, they had a hundred years ago when they had their when they had a pandemic, or maybe a hundred years before that when they had a pandemic, or a hundred years before that when they had a pandemic. <laughs> People don't understand. You know what? We should have been ready for this because every hundred years there's a pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, I can't believe everybody said they were caught completely off guard by surprise because uh, history repeats itself. I'm, yes, glad, it I'm glad that you're here. To, it, it's me and you so far, but let me make a couple announcements first. First of all, we got uh, some great shows coming up. On Friday, it is, <clears throat> it is a trick-or-treat pre-Halloween show. Um, with Lizzie, and um, she is uh, celebrating um, um, the Halloween season by asking for uh, some poetry on either serial killers, murder mysteries, twisted fairy tales, or create your own urban legend. That's going to be on Friday. And on Saturday, we are having our anniversary special. We got a couple things in line. One, we had, um, we had, I think it might still be going, today might be the last day of our uh, contest. Let me double check that. I think it is. Yep, it's our second anniversary contest, last day. Uh, We got 17 entries for it. We got, uh, I think, three more available. We're giving away a gold membership and a silver membership. Um, the uh, the uh, theme is acceptance. Kind of tell us how you're accepted into the different groups on all poetry. We're asking for positive rights. Um, <clears throat> we're also having a little group uh, challenge where we have um, two wheels that we're asking people to spin. They get... Uh, they get to be like a monster, which is going to be interesting. And then they get um, to pick one word that relates to the second anniversary. 
<clears throat> and I'm looking at the uh, people that have gotten it. There's Millennial Mummy. Uh, the word is champagne. There's a drunk corpse. The word is white. And uh, I love what Chris Bay got. He got the passive-aggressive demon. The word is cosmos, which is the the um, second anniversary flower. And Cindy got holla, internet ghost. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so it, it's going to be a good time. We're going to have some unique stuff. We're going to be judging the contest during the show, which should be extra fun and extra challenging. Um, which uh, is going to be pretty pretty cool. Um, but in the meantime, why don't we uh, read a little poetry? How much time you got, brother? Uh, I figured 20, 30 minutes. All right. I'm going yeah, to keep you on as long as I can. So I'm, uh, I'm going to probably put a couple uh, right, readings before you. But we will uh, no we'll get you in there. Let's see what I want to do first. I'm going to go ahead and read one myself. Let me see who I want to read. Yeah, might as well start it off right here. And I'm going to read a little bit of Dennis Allen. And uh, last time I read Dennis Allen, I loved his work. So this is going to be called <clears throat> Fright Flight. And it goes like this. Heavy overcast gray, way the way. I spun the prop, pop, pop, blur of motion. Carving the air. I vault into the cockpit, aerobatic, harness tight. Taxi to the active runway. Departure north. Wind driving my flying through. Cold rain splashing the windshield, floating in over my head. A wet slip steam below the scud hiding extreme turbulence when the angry hand of God grabs my plane, violently shaking to and fro. Vertical speed indicator needling, bouncing up and down. 5,000 feet per minute, engine overspeeding. I pull back the throttle. Climbing without power, dizzy, fast, slamming side to side, rock and roll, no control, roller coaster riding the sky. My voice croaks Hail Mary, repeating while updraft, downdraft alternates, pulling and pushing, rockets me wildly, directionless. The taste and sour smell of fear tightens my grip on the straps, keeping my body in the plane. Each second is like an accident crashing me around. Every prayer I know is shouted out loud with a begging accent, pleading survival from the thunderstorm explosions of thunder and lightning flash distract me from the awful ride. Almighty's hand tires of this fog. Normal ladding pattern skipped. I go straight in, wing down, slipping into the wind. Plane touches down, taxi to tie down. I quit loving my plane. I'm desperate. Hurry to unfasten the harness with trembling fingers. I slow, shaking to start my car. My body parts twitching. The fearful ague spasms in the drive to my cabin. 
Days of bruises, purple, red, black, and blue, chest, arms, legs, pain, tainted reminders of the fist in the clear air. Weeks pass before I lose my fright or visit the plane. End poem. This was quite amazing. I love, I love the um, the tri- the um, journey he took us on. He he told us this was a um, an actual event. This is a real life experience for him, which is pretty amazing. And uh, I, I'm very very uh, impressed by his life. And the uh, energy that he gives within his right. So this is this is excellent. Um, before we get a comment from Houston, I want to welcome to the show Sawa. Hello, Sawa. Hello, everyone. And I am um, uh, sorry, but I'm in by break, so uh, I will, I won't be able to stay too long. Just let you know. But but uh, go ahead. Oh, I'm I sorry, you have to do it. I understand that. You're fine. You're fine. Um, I know you heard part of that read. I know yes, you didn't hear the whole I thing. I read it. I read, I read, I read it when you, uh, well, well, actually, uh, you, <laughs> I stopped reading and, and the same time trying to catch up. It, it is, uh, it is terrifying. Sorry, that's sinister. Make a comment and I can make my comment. Sorry. Let's okay. Go ahead. And what do you think about that? Now, this is, small, you know, uh, a flight in a small plane to the little island, his cabin. I uh, I got to fly a small plane once, and it reminded me of that. How you know it's it's exhilarating to fly it, but when you catch it in a storm, it's absolutely terrifying. And he brought us right to life with that uh, exhilarating poem. Absolutely fascinating. Was right there in the cockpit with him. Great, great job. Great poem. Yeah, he he gave me some direction on how to read that. He said he wanted someone to read that with passion. Uh, good morning, Joseph Moon, out on the board. Great to see you. And Salwa, what do you think of that? Oh, it is uh, terrifying. I felt like, oh my goodness, um, he he did an ama- you did an amazing job reading it, and it's really scary adventure. Uh, definitely fright flight, as he titled it. Um, and thank goodness he made it safely. But the writing itself is so much details of an emotion and, and what happened. As if, like, uh, telling us step by step what happened and how he felt about it. And afterwards, too, really well done. Uh, I enjoyed it very much, even though it was scary uh, adventure. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. <laughs> no, I agree with you. It would be absolutely terrifying. I remember um, flying uh, on on a little turboprop from the Marines who were flying it, and they were bringing us down to Tampa, Florida, and uh, we were we were flying, and I'm I'm looking out the window. Uh, when Marines fly, don't ever look out the window. I'm going to tell you that right now. But uh, what ha- <laughs> what happened was I was like, you know what I. I, I, I don't see, wait a second, the runway is right next to us. They're heading straight into the ocean. And they were going down, down, down. What I didn't notice is right at the last second they did a U-turn 
and put us right onto the runway. They were practicing their uh, um, a maneuver. So they used our ride to practice something that they would use in a battle situation. And it was like wow. <laughs> absolutely crazy. I was like, um, yeah, I know I know what it's like to, to have a little fear on those little planes. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you to the United States Marines on that. Uh <laughs> Uh, Salwa, we're gonna we're, we're gonna let Salwa since she's uh, on a work break read her poem, and then Sin, we'll get to you. I'm expecting a caller here shortly uh, to join me as well. So uh, Salwa, okay. Of Netflix. I wrote this for a contest against Netflix for, I don't know if you know everyone about this. They uh, used young children age 9 and 11 to make a really horrible movie. It's very sensual. And um, it is sad. It's a French movie. uh, And uh, Netflix refused to take it down. I think Texas, uh, judge in Texas ruled against it, I, I believe, what I read recently. Anyway, so that's what it's about. Uh, and that's the, the what is it called in English? The poster or the ad for the for the movie in French. It's called Mignon in French and Cutie in English. So, la, Mignon, la perte d'une certaine modestie, comme la perte de pureté, sont les causes profondes de la décadence du monde. Mignonne n'est rien d'autre que la sexualisation des filles innocentes. Mignonne n'est rien d'autre que la création de mauvais esprits. Mignonne n'est rien d'autre qu'une romantisation dégoûtante. Mignonne n'est rien d'autre que la décadence de l'humanité. Mignonne n'est rien d'autre que la mort de moralité. Netflix dérange mon âme. Netflix veut satisfaire les esprits malades. Netflix, quelle honte de promettre du pédophile. Netflix, et si ces anges sont, sont vos filles Netflix, pensez-vous que nous ne croyons pas pour toujours L'abus n'est jamais mérité, c'est une exploitation de l'innocence et du désavantage physique qui est perçu comme une opportunité par l'agresseur. The loss of certain modesty, like the loss of purity, are the root causes of the decadence of the world. Cuties is nothing but sexualization of innocent girls. Cuties is nothing but creation of evil minds. Cutie is nothing but disgusting romanticization. Cutie is nothing but decadence of humanity. Cutie is nothing but death of morality. Netflix disturbs my soul. Netflix wants to satisfy sick minds. Netflix, shame on you for promoting pedophile. Netflix, what is this? 11 years old where you're girls. Netflix, did you think we'll not boycott you forever? Abuse is never deserved. It's an exploitation of innocence and physical disadvantage, which is perceived as an opportunity by the abuser. End of poem. Well, I want to say one thing about this. This is powerful, and it's not the first time Netflix has fallen into controversy this year. Uh, another thing that you know, this is um, this is absolutely amazing that you're bringing this to light. They've also promoted uh, hate hate speech that has led people to suicide. Um, they have no scruples yeah. whatsoever, and it, it's a sad, sad, um, sad tale that uh, who they are and what and what they're doing. That they, they don't care. 
as long as they make the money, and which is a sad, sad tale um, because we're talking about human lives here. We're talking about things that um, that we have to live with, the morality. Where Where is the morality? Where is all of this thing, these things that are taking place and should be taking place? So you you brought up a, a great picture on this, and um, thank you. you see. It's quite amazing. Uh, what what do you think, Sin? I think this is sickly uh, tragic, and uh, I heard about this the other day. I believe they're under grand indictment for it, um, and rightfully so. Um, you know the travesty of the travesty of it all is that it does promote uh, pedophilia and, and perversion of that which we're trying to wipe out in this world and to uh, put that uh, on a pedestal and promote it is just a sick thing that uh, you have the courage to write about it and speak out against it is uh, something I, I give you great credit for. So kudos to you. Thank you. Wonderful comments. And like I said, um, we're, we are a universal uh, voice. We are a voice that gets heard around the world, and um, it is up to us to spread these type of messages. We are warriors. We are people that change this world in a greater way, and uh, we need more people speaking up like you did, Selma. Thank you, Jesse. Amazing words. And I know, Sin, you don't have much time either, so we're going to have you uh, go ahead and read your piece, too. Uh, This is uh, a piece published on Facebook in a a publication called The Garden of Poetry and Prose, which I'm proud to say they've uh, asked me to contact the hiatus called Upon Winter's Morn. I apologize for my reading of such. I'm very sick. So, In the altitude, just beneath the stars, fractured that hole for harder breathing. Atop frozen peaks in winter's coolest hours, the storm approaches. She's time for boating. White as grayscale in the deafening atmosphere. Chilled to the bone as her slight fading. Broken moments in a place of historic melodies. Tortured by unrenting relenting waves and remembering isolated and losing buoyancy and Scotch rock invasion. I can't quell this well. My eyes are breaching. Though flashbulb moments are joyous rendezvous, little comfort is found in such prolific atrophy. A cataphract is cabin of chaotic epitaph scheming, spilling chaos, kaleidoscope version of broken most women. How could you tank this once secluded haven with malice? Thrills of an Adulterated, grist, intoxicated misogyny. Was it not enough to harness an untamed, jaded love and mean that what you found 
straddled rather mercilessly, stepping out, brings to screaming away, racing away, and says to quest to embrace the seat passionately. Even this quiet sanctuary has eyes to see through deception. The dumb harlot, this place was mine long before you. I can drive felonious incursions like a self fighter hide. You thought your invasion would escape me? Sickened by the vision through quick curtains, foggy glass, those grimy hands of his, your heinous axe still falling like a silent predator of dust long before dawn and stars flicker. Not a clue was concluded as my hunt did start. The silver reflected the focus of my eyes' dire gleam. He gasped sickly as his throat had swiftly slipped. Your perversion so enthralled left you quite unaware until the crimson, warm, and wet fell upon you, brother. Hesitant your reaction until he went limp and became grounded. Oh, what an expression, followed by a scream. I ran short, frantically. I'll never forget that look upon your face. What a feared regret, too late for excuses. The fox has lost the chase. Wonderful thing about Susan, there's just so much of it. Plenty of room for you and him to lie and lie unmarked. Goodbye. It's been months you're gone. With him, the locals would say. In truth, I find solace. But alas, the love I had was real. Broken, I find myself now in winter's depth. Blizzard at my door. These four chambers ache tragically as crimson comes aboard. And peace. Wow, there was such... Um, I could I could feel the death in this one. I could feel the absolute uh, stalking. Yeah. <laughs> There's a little bit of everything within this. And uh, the mindset in which you grabbed a hold of was quite spectacular in this piece. Uh, I absolutely love the direction you took. I can see why it was uh, published. And I think you, you did an awesome job. Um, let's uh, welcome to the show Tila. Hello, Tila. How are you doing? Hi. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you, JCA. Uh, and have, hello to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's me, you, and Sin right now. So uh, I, okay. Sin just got I got saw, done reading, Salva, reading his. What's that? Okay. Salva left. Salva left. Yeah, she was on a break at work. Oh, okay. That's fine. That's fine. She just uh, just um, uh, paged me just now that she's going to work. Okay, that's fine. We we three will do the blast. <laughs> All right, we we will get the, we will get through this. I know we're gonna get one more caller here very shortly. Okay. He he went ahead and said he's coming. So. Um, yeah, this is like I said. You 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 put so much into this thing. You brought out the feelings. You you there was a kind of a blame to go along with it. Kind of uh, almost a, a justification. And I, I love how 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 that is often put into a person's mind of stuff that happens like this. Uh, just absolute. I I like the way you you did this. This is this has got uh, a nice little twisting, uh, twisted uh, vision, twisted feel behind it. So excellent job. Thank you, sir. If if you want to go, then you can. You know, you, you, you yeah, you sound 
you sound kind of rough, brother. You need to rest, get that test done, and take care of yourself, okay? All right. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going right. to go take a nap. All right. That's a good idea. You take you care of yourself. Take- All right. Bye, Tia. Bye-bye. Bye, Tia. Thanks for having me. In. Bye. All right, Tila. That that leaves me and you. <laughs> okay. Okay. And uh I'm expecting like I said one more call hopefully here shortly. Uh Okay. Why did it go over to my page? <clears throat> okay. Uh oh, we're going to have another caller here come in in about uh 30 minutes. So there we go. We got we got a bunch of people that will be uh coming in and out. And like I said, don't worry, don't forget about uh, Lizzie on um, Friday. Uh, she's got a trick-or-treat uh, pre-Halloween show. And then Saturday we have our anniversary show. So definitely oh, something to check cool. out. Yeah, yeah, we're looking forward That's- to it too. I, I'm, I'm planning to put a little special together for you guys either before the oh. show or uh, on Saturday. <laughs> On um, Sunday uh, before our open poetry show, it'll be one or the other, and it's going to be absolutely dynamite. It will surprise it will. everybody. Oh, okay. wow, definitely. Yeah. You're looking forward. <laughs> so let me see where I'm going to go to from here. How about, we, let me see, she's going to be here, he's going to be here. So I'm, I'm trying to figure out where I want to go next with this. How about we do a little SoundCloud? Okay. I think I'll put a little Rick on here. I wonder if he's listening. Uh, Rick is one of our great writers from the United Kingdom. Um, mm-hmm. Love his voice. Yes. He does some of the he, best SoundCloud. Right. Sometimes he visits uh, International Cafe. Uh, uh, recently, I I didn't see him, um, but uh, two 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 three months ago, yeah, he used to visit us. So, yeah. Yeah. So here we go. It's a little uh, poem from Rick called Puzzles. And okay. Here we go. Puzzles by Rick Howe. Those cheap puzzles we used to have, where tiny ball bearings would move and hit sequenced plastic sticks, positioned to deflect their route away from the aim of completing the game, had pitfalls throughout and dead ends to trap, and you had to angle the puzzle back to free the spheres and start all over again until you figured out the correct method of play. And each cheap puzzle was set against the brittle card background it featured. A myriad of cartoon scenes and creatures, gaudy circuses and clowns, dinosaurs, dragons, knights, rockets, astronauts, all under brittle plastic bubbles that cracked if you pressed too hard. And sometimes frustration would be inclined to rip apart the simple design, and the ball bearings would fly like tiny silver birds uncaged, and land until discovered a short 
time into the future, rattling up into the bag of a vacuum cleaner, ready to follow where the snapped plastic and card torn had passed a day or two before. Those cheap puzzles we had where the ball bearings would settle in victorious grooves or annoying the attempt were sold as distracting toys for wee short attentioned girls and boys and they passed the time for sure but now i've heard of metaphor and i've screwed up memory's eyes and through that blurred shine saw another side and realized those puzzles those puzzles are Life. My life. <laughs> How true. <laughs> wow. That is absolutely brilliant. That is absolutely stinking brilliant. Um, <laughs> my, my favorite part was um, each cheap puzzle was set against a brittle cardboard background that featured a myriad of cartoon scenes and creatures, yeah. gaudy circuses and clowns, dinosaurs, dragons, knights, Rockets, astronauts. I love that because that is exactly yeah. what they look for. And and you take a look at our lives and and what is what is the background of our lives? The background of our lives is whatever the news wants to push down, whatever media wants <laughs> to bring forth. That is the background of our lives: the rockets, the astronauts, the dragons, the dinosaurs. How many how many uh how many lost worlds do we need to see or do they need to make? Mm-hmm. Um Jurassic Worlds or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Um yes. they, they all they're all there. They're all our background. They're they're what everybody goes out and buys. They buy these little souvenirs, trinkets that are based off of um off of uh, what is within these shows, what's within the media. And I love how Rick puts that. Um, what do you think, Tila? Uh, this rem- Rick, this reminds me of uh, when, I, I, when I, as a kid, we used to have a bottle top, a mastic labels. I remember mastic labels, uh, especially, you know, a movie comes out or something comes out and then they stick on the, uh, on the mastic and we used to play with those. We used to collect them. And uh, and uh, once I, I remember um, a book bone tea. Uh, and we used to collect them. I don't know, JCA, if you remember. And they used to have, in the front, they used to have a picture of an animal on the behind. It has its detail and everything, you know, about any animal or anything. And, um, Rick, this is what, you know, I I I I also remember all these days, you know, the um, the time which I grew on, you know, and especially like Cinderella, if you say, or, or a lot of other games, you know, a lot of things uh, children play now. Also, they are playing a lot of games, and um, they're going through the same thing as we are going, which we all went, you know. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, a great comment. Yeah, we that, that's about what our lives were. You know, that's who yes. we are. We 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 grew up in a different time. We grew up in a different uh age where we had different things than everybody else. We had stuff that we didn't have the computer games that they have today. We weren't on right. Xbox or 
or PlayStation or any of that stuff. We had stuff that sure. uh, had mo- had moving parts, <laughs> yep. and sometimes we were the sometimes we were the parts that had to move. <laughs> True, but it was fun. You know, we had friends. We used to go out to neighbors' house and enjoy ourselves. Nowadays, the children are they're all, uh, all in their their room playing by themselves. And they're playing with other children, but they're playing, uh, which they cannot see them. They're playing all around the world now. You know, it has become so small compared to what we had, you know. Yeah, I understand that. And and you're absolutely Mm -hmm. right. Uh, I want to say hello to Cindy out on the board. Cynthia, uh, Mm -hmm. Let me just and let me just put her showtime, Cindy. <laughs> All right. Yeah, she's just stopping by to say hello out on the board, but uh, we hope maybe I can try to get her to call in. <laughs> she is absolutely amazing when she comments and real and down to earth. Oh, awesome, Cindy. She is listening, so great. You're always welcome to call too. <laughs> All right, <laughs> Tila, we're gonna. Ha- I'm gonna go yeah. ahead and have you read your uh, your poem. Do you want to go ahead and read your poem right now? Sure. Okay. Yeah. I. Oh, now I got it. Yeah, I got it. Yep. Yeah. So it's to do with not scared of you, Corona. <laughs> okay. A giant round with its flaming, hot corona, its eyes pouring over the stair ladders down for us to climb up. A snake will haunt you down, destroy you in no time. A message to you, corona, our earth has gone through many battles. It has won each one of them with bravery. Who are you? Nobody. You will not last long because we are very powerful. We are all with our dear earth. We'll fight with you every breath. Remember, Corona, you are not our guest. You will be gone forever. Your days are numbered. End of poem. <laughs> Thank you. I like, it. I, like, I like the positivity behind it. That picture is just cool. I, I, I am like... <laughs> Wow, that it's freaky cool, you know. It's kind of got that got that Halloween feel behind it. Now, uh, I was mentioning earlier that we should not have been surprised that we got hit by a by a global pandemic because every hundred years it seems that this world is hit by a global pandemic. And right. you are right to say that our earth has gone through many battles. We as people have gone through, uh, <laughs> for the last 400 years, we've gone through, uh, this is our fourth uh, global pandemic. And uh-huh. we survived yeah. them all, you know, and we're, we will come out of this one a uh, different people. Yeah. And hopefully in 100 years from now, They'll they'll be prepared, and they won't have turned their back on history. And whatever next one comes, they'll be ready for it. Um, because that that's what that's what we need to do. We we don't need 
uh, to be caught off guard. We never needed to be caught off guard. So I agree. I think you you did an amazing part uh, job on this. What what did you what uh, spurred you on to uh, write this? Write this. Um, the reason, uh, first of all, it was a contest, and we going to. And when I saw the the you know the corona, the uh, you can see the picture right, and it's like that corona, the eye, the eye itself, and that made me write um, the poem about it. You know. And and I saw the ladder and everything, and I said, okay, like as though it's asking us, climb up, climb up, and t- I'm I'm going to take you guys and you know, but uh, and I'm just trying to say no, no more, you know, we are going to fight you, and that made me write this poem. <laughs> Thank you. And like I said, that's a that's an incredible message. Let's see, Joseph Moon, Moon said a positive, uplifting piece of poetry, very inspiring. Hopefully humans do the intelligent things to defeat this evil. Uh, Cindy Thank said you. that is true, Joseph. Most of the stuff on Corona is negative. It is uplifting, and it's the most we have. We all hang on together, um, and, and it is it is what we have to do. All right, Joseph, I see he's got to run. So what I will do next is I will read his poem. And uh, hold on one second. I'm, I'm, I'm communicating. Um, I'm communicating with someone I'm trying to get uh, get the call here shortly. And all right, Joseph, we're gonna get you read, my brother. And I'll go ahead and read this for for Mr. Moon. It's uh, each victim is a poem by Joseph Moon. And right, falling in line with what you wrote, COVID nineteen, oh. the evil thief of hugs, kisses, and breath, giving endless tears of grief. Grief, sadness, and death. Each closed eye, a wilt cherry tree. Each lost life, an autumn leaf. Each prayer, a sunrise sinking at sea. Each spirit laid together like a dry sheath. A hand of butterflies fly by, past the pain and the sorrow. The newlywed wife cries why. Did God take my soul, my morrow? No rhyme of solace doth a sonnet gift, nor length strength to survivors as they lift. Each sinew is but a shroud. End poem. We are all dealing with something, and we all deal with it in different ways. It it is, it is a powerful, powerful message and joseph mm-hmm. um of course your your um technical skills on your your form is ever present uh, the classical uh style you brought modern life into it and you talked about the modern tragedy 
which is very impressive. Now, before I get a comment from you, Tila, I want to welcome to the show Dave. Hey, Dave. Hey, Jay. How are you? <laughs> Hi, Dave. Doing good, doing good. Who else is there? Who's been hired? Is I'm, that Cynthia? No, yeah, that's Tila. Oh, hi, Tila. Hi, Dave. How are you? Hi. Oh, I'm pretty Sorry. good. Just Fine, uh, nursing you. my first cup of coffee. <laughs> okay. And um, Tila, what do you think about uh, yes. Joseph's uh, poem? Uh, well, Joseph, he always brings good poems, and I'm. It's very touching and deep. Uh, uh, COVID has changed a lot of people's life, and I, I totally, totally agree with you, Joseph. Uh, it's going, it's really, really heartbreak and tragedy, and it is very sad that uh, what we are going through now. Uh, hopefully, we all are going to fight, and hope we find uh, good vaccine for it and uh, get rid of it for for time, for long. Yeah. Great, great comment. Thank you. Well, let's let's see what direction I want to go to from here. I'll hold, hold, Dave, I'll hold off on your poem a little bit to see if someone else shows up. Okay. But let me see where I want to go from here. We got that one read. We got that one. Let's play another SoundCloud. How about we do that? That way we can relax and listen a little bit. And I know he's listen. This I know he's listening from the UK, so he always listens to us. Mm-hmm. Let me see what did I put. Let me see. Okay, there you go. I know what I put it under. Here's a. I'm going to put a little Titus on the board, and we're going to listen to a nice little sound cloud by Titus. And. That's Here we go. Listen to him. Oh yeah. Always. Love of a thousand years. Prelude. Love did in fact separate time. It surrounds one's space. An astronomical term derives life. When faith be created out of nothing. This vast expanse holds love's embrace As many light years away are collected Then circulated View those stars in a way a thousand years would roam My mind perhaps was swayed by the perpetual motion In balance that has outweighed understanding A tome fills the matter of fact fear Love as deep as the ocean We shall abide to silence, unhurried, lesser, diminishing altogether. The hard and fast rules and getting to grip with this continent of facts. Longevity is relinquishing, love portrays distancing ourselves from any hardship. Gaze at any wonder looking back towards the distance. At a time of long ago, if I can say a Silence does dwell, the dark unhurried space, to find its source existence. One mustn't think of months or years, they cannot tell. 
frequent scurry we menial taskmasters take on alone to hold the scepter, renowned for cleansing all remnants. Few do so anticipate the earlier hours, as thus is shown. I am constant of the opinion of what this also presents. A mask I do so wish to wear, for if for my feeble kind played a weak part, the benefit of knowledge, the moods imagine this, a lonely fool harboring his faith behind the study of today's thinking, we should be as shrewd. It is with this liking that this sense of duty be explored. Beauty be it skin deep, perhaps, it shows a love results to think distraction cannot sincerely, cannot ill afford to delve deeper to belonging, rather in our thoughts. For wanton facts are about those discerning approval, to see their main aim disowned by our point of views on sweet nothings, the angelic kind will seek removal of suspicion on their part, where cruel animosity rules. Is the best kept secret peace portray love's pursuit by means given in haste many utterances I've heard we are given sufficient source to show how resolute outcomes are by a soft approach nothing is stirred inconsistent it's changeable in fact and will best lift the true identity notably towards a thousand peers would mean I'm at their disposal, then lose my drift. For a fortitude of sin be sifted, love it then adheres. I do suggest you readers that with a clean living, a natural response in worship without its mention of who it is we're praying, you can imagine giving prior appointment to whom without apprehension. Of the highest opinion, angels have been grounded in their own dominion as the precinct to an inquiry. Like oviducts, we're led to free the spirit. As founded soulmates traverse at the rate of what? Until expiry. It appears 2,996 will in some way find a part that's best remembered. Love of a thousand years. Dates of time will transfix. Great need to find heaven. You are not dismembered. I do believe that we should always follow this astute, safe to say, selfish faith. Our beliefs are self-centered. Firm and resolute, my happiness will forage in pursuit of longing, and belonging to that one is mentored. During a time for which help is largely at the mercy of lovers, let the loneliness of fear leave your soul. Tis mimicry to do as others. Leave not controversy. With each soul depiction towards others with not a control. I will lead you to a place others where their belonging hails peace in heaven. I shall urge you to find herein fear be taken out. Painless to say it is with longing mitigation to infuse harmony by this mitigation to a kin 
we are conveniently placed to remember a soul relic. A bygone age, it does commemorate becoming angelic. Oh, that is absolutely amazing. I, I really think what he is putting together, what what he's putting together is going to serve as legacy and going to serve as history and very well could be picked up a hundred years from now and looked at as um, as quite uh, an amazing, amazing time. We are an underground movement. I often call us folk poetry, Um, you know, because we're not the poets in the mainstream. We're not the ones that are sitting in there, um, sitting in the the, uh, education circles and the professional circles. We're, we're, We're out there. We're kind of not even... I wonder if we're even looked upon as legitimate, but it is stuff like Tony's doing that makes us legitimate. And I think that that is an absolute testament to who he is and how awesome he he does. So thank you for this, Titus. It's absolutely amazing. Uh, Dave, what did you think? Well, um, I have to say that I kind of lost the thread of this due at length, but God almighty, is it beautiful the way it's put together and stuff. It makes me just sort of wonder what I'm doing, <laughs> you know, as as my in my poetry. But uh, God, it's it's so classic the way it the way it reads and stuff, you know, and and. Uh, God, I, I just wish that I had the insight to follow follow some of this stuff. I have to admit that um, I'm, my ignorance kind of, you know, gets in the way of my understanding sometimes of, of, of poetry of this caliber. You know, I mean, it's, uh, I, I don't want to put it down because I can't <laughs> get the gist of it. Uh, it's a beautiful poem. And and that sort of thing, um, and I agree with what you said just said about all of it, Jay. It's it's uh, just a, an amazing uh, poem, and um, it's very classic. I like the way you put all of these uh, these numbers, you know, in in here. Um, they go up in uh, intervals of five, you know. That's that's pretty cool. Um, anyhow, that's uh, it's a beautiful poem. And I agree with you. Um, <clears throat> he legitimizes uh, all us. Uh, what, 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 what was the word you used <clears throat> to describe our poetry, our uh, uh, underground <laughs> folk poetry? Folk poetry, yeah, cowboy poetry, if you will. I, I can write some of that. But yeah, this is beautiful. Really beautiful. Yeah, I, I take a look at the term folk poetry because of, of because I used to live down 
in the Georgia Carolina area, and they were uh, huge with uh, folk art. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, so that's a lot of where I get that from, folk art. For people that mm-hmm. don't know, is the uh, are people who make beautiful art just on a professional level, level, but have never been through the formal training of taking an art class or being in the circles of artists. Mm-hmm. They're their own yeah. people. They they have their own little stuff, and they're and they're just as beautiful as the masters of art. And that's yeah. that's the way that I look at our poetry. Um, mm-hmm. I know Raz um, always describes us as an underground movement, and I could see that too. So, yeah, I think that that's absolutely where we're at, and uh, I, I think it goes excellent that way. Well, we should mm-hmm. have a caller calling in within hopefully the next ten minutes. So. I'm going to still hold off on your piece, Dave. <laughs> okay. So, All right. So yeah, hang, no hang in there. Hang in there. Um, yeah. yeah cause, cause, uh, I want to get at least one other person on the board and in here to hear you. Uh, Tila, let me see. Uh, Titus, see you, you are an excellent writer. And, yes, uh, I agree with Dave. Um the poems, especially what I write or what we write, is completely different. Uh, Titus is so high up, high up. He's number one, I would say. He's, um, yeah, he's thinking his beautiful poems are so beautiful. And, yes, you need to go read, read, read until, you know, you, you get what it is. But yes, it it is true uh, about the love. Uh, it uh, you know it separates time, and it surrounds one space. And I do agree with that. And I also agree that um, you you are a fantastic um, writer, Titus. And uh, I wish you all the best. You know, uh, wow. And you take it the way you speak the way you, each, everything, like how you put the numbers, so beautifully you have taken your time. It's like, you know, it's so beautiful. I mean, I, I yeah, you are a teacher, really, a good teacher. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. All right. Uh, let me see where we're going to go. Well, Dave, I am going to have you read the next poem for us. Uh, if okay. I could, sure. uh, yeah. I have a poem from Iris Scott. She she uh, she gave us uh, three poems the other uh, other day, and uh, I've already read two of them. So this is the third one, third installment of what she offered to us. So if you can go ahead and read that for us. Okay. <clears throat> okay. This is called depression, disappointment, death. <clears throat> that feeling, the one of as though you're drowning, yet you're above water. You want to be happy, yet you can't. No matter what you do, no matter how hard you try, you can't be happy. Some days I think it would be to just die and end it all. All this pain, this suffering, I'm forced to keep hidden in the world. To save myself from the disappointment in my mother's eyes and the eyes of society, tell me, how can a child look their parents in the eye 
and tell them that they want to die every day they wake. But they can't because they know it will only add another thing to the never-ending list of disappointments in their life. They don't want to be looked at differently. They don't want their friends and siblings to hate or pity them for the way they are. I'm sorry, the way they feel. So the searing hot white pain of the blade and burning flame gives them comfort, if only for a little while. And poem. Wow. Yeah, this is this has a lot of power to me right now because of mm-hmm. the fact that I've been I've been lately um, watching a uh, a um, YouTube series called uh, Adventures with Purpose. And I don't know mm. if anybody here has uh, heard of them or watched them, but uh, no. they are they're a, a dive team, uh, a recovery team um, based oh. out of Oregon that uh, goes around the country uh, helping families uh, of uh, missing people that uh, they don't that the families think that they might be in a body of water. And I know for a fact that this trip that they've been on, they've been able to recover three bodies so far. And they're oh, doing this wow. on their own. their own. They're not charging these families anything to do this. They're not charging them at all. And um, they just, um, they uh, one of their people that they... Um, that they recovered was um, an 18-year-old who mm. um, took his own took his own life, and it was the saddest story in the world. But they brought to life yeah. this type of thing, and the fact that each one of them has, at a point in their lives, felt like this, felt like they're they're very depressed, felt like they've. Uh, They've been in a hard moment to where they want to just end it all. And they were able to share their stories and let other people know that they're not alone. And they were able to bring closure to that family. Um, even when even when uh, the authorities there, the local authorities, wouldn't lift a, lift a hand to help out, they came in and they made a difference. And... We want everybody out there to know there is help. There is help. This is what what this is. It's a huge cry for help um, when people feel like this, and that's what yeah, we have to understand. Here. Um, living, you are worth something. Your words are worth something. You as people are worth something. We value each and every person that listens to our show, that calls to our show, that is part of our lives. We value you. and You are a dear member of this family. And we want you to know that that uh, we care and we are glad that you are part of this. And if you're feeling this way, please reach out and get help. Um, before I move on for any comments, I want to welcome to the show Crystal. Hello, Crystal. How are you doing? Hello. Uh-huh. Hi, Crystal. Hi, Crystal. 
Hi. Hi. Oh, uh, Dave, you read the poem. What do you think? Oh, man. This was just excellent. You know, um, I I had uh, colon cancer uh, about 12 years ago, 13 years ago. I lost track now. Um, and I, I'm a survivor, but after my second operation, um, I found myself sitting around in the house, you know, really dark. I had an old Victorian house at that time. And I remember watching Gunsmoke on TV, and James Arnett shot this guy, and he, and he walked up to him and was kneeling down over him, and, he, and I watched him die, and I thought to myself, geez, that guy's lucky he gets to die. And it struck me, that, thought, that whole thought process, it struck me, that I was depressed, you know, and I had this really dark, uh, oh, I don't know, just like kind of a, I don't know what it was, but it's a darkness that surrounded me all the time. And so I, I got off my ass and I went to the doctor, and um, he had some some uh, samples, uh, you know, a- antidepressants there, and they were, the one of them, you could put it in your mouth and, and just let it dissolve. And he gave me a couple of these. And uh, he said, take one now, and then he says, one before you go to bed. They had a little bit of a sedative in them. They kind of calmed me down a little bit because I couldn't sleep. I was clear down to, I'm six foot two, and I was clear down to 185 pounds, so you can imagine what I looked like. And um, I popped one of these things in my mouth, and by the time I got home, I started feeling like Dave Prophet again. I could not believe it. And uh, people that don't, that don't believe that depression exists, uh, man, they, there's a real wake-up call coming for them if they ever get it because this describes it, this poem describes it very well, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, it's good. It's heartening to see someone write a poem like this because uh, it shows you that they recognize what's going on with them, and, it, and I agree with you. It's, it's kind of a cry for help or a plea for help, and... Um, you know, I'm I'm always available to to talk to people like this when they you know, when they feel this way, especially in our group. And uh, you know, I, I hope Irish isn't uh, feeling like this. It sounds kind of like she is, but um, I hope not. And uh, so, yeah, this was a beautiful write. Uh, you know, it was dark and all that, but it, it's truthful. It's coming right out of her soul, and. Um, you you can't get any more pure than that. So I, I love this poem. It's excellent. Wonderful comment. Tila, what do you think? I think uh, I uh, your your poems uh, very good. Yeah, you got quite an echo going on right now. I'm not sure why. Why? <laughs> okay, I'm. Uh, I, I think. Okay, now it's better. Right. Um, uh, uh, it's such a pain and sadness. Uh, what she, Iris is going through, or maybe it's written for a contest, and it's dominating to feel. You know, and but so brave also at the same time to write such a uh, uh, a thing uh, poem, and I do agree with you. It's a cry for help, you know, uh, and uh, hope it 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 goes, you know, 
Kobe. And I think it's my phone messing up a little bit, so I may hang up while Crystal reads her poem and then call right back. So, Crystal, I am going to put you on the board. And I don't know if you want to comment to Irish's poem or if you heard it or not, but um, that's totally up to you. I didn't read it. I didn't hear it. I, I didn't even know what was going on. I thought we were on Titus's, but I wasn't sure. Um, but I'll go ahead and read mine. I am drunk. Okay. Go ahead and read. All right. It's called Long Way Home. And here we go. I'm drowning in an abyss, an abyss of haunted memories, heavy on the heart, distant like an unseen reverie. Careless, forlorn, and obscure, patterned in lace and footsteps. Childhood totters, disappear in shadows of the past, flashbacks and regrets. Long way home critiques in a box, full of taupe snapshots and sacrifices. Trees blow like scrapbook pages, brushing back the puzzle pieces. Heritage lost in the whispers of the wind, and my feet run through the forest alone. Realm of darkness is a phantom of the place I thought I called home. Remembering the days of freedom was like a peck on the cheek. A short existence treading across the ripples of an indulgent creek. Down the abyss swims the lies of sanity in yesteryears. Baggage of hourglass filled with brims of tears. Souls drenched with wiggled toes, and we see how far life goes. Journey a long way Rome, only to say goodbye to a long way home. End poem. Wow. This is absolutely fantastic. You know, beautiful. You can see, I actually... I actually hung up and called right back. That's how that's how quick I was able to do that. But um, <laughs> I I didn't read what you uh, what you said. I was I was only like um, two stanzas behind when I called back. Believe it or not. And uh, what an amazing amazing journey. I can see uh, um, you know based off of the last poem we read, almost a slight hint of depression over what was in the past and what hit on the past. And uh, it kind of fits into the last one, not to the the extreme point of it, but it is definitely there uh, per se. It, It is. Life is a long journey. It's a hard journey. It's a journey we take. And mm-hmm. whether we want to live it or not, you know, whether we want to go through it or not, we go through it. So I think you did an incredible job here, Crystal. Thank um, you. Tila, what do you think? I think, Crystal, uh, congratulations for winning gold and giving me gold. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, oh yeah, it's a, such a sad poem, uh, drowning and feeling um, uh, completely, you know, the pattern and lace footsteps, childhood totters, disappearance, shadows of a past, and what you're going through, you know, and um, brushing back the puzzle pieces, the heritage lost in the 
whisper of the wind. It's all, um, you know, the depression, the sadness uh, going through. And um, uh, it's a beautiful ride, and I love it. I love it so much. It's, uh, there's so much abstract and dark going on and, and sadness, you know, and hope this puzzle piece, whatever you are uh, missing, hope you get it and hope everything goes back to normal. Yeah. Thank you, Sheila. If I may, I want to give a little bit of insight uh, to the poem. It, it does kind of have to do what what y'all are talking about, but at the same time not. I wrote it to a song I've been listening to recently. It's down the author notes. But it's actually about um, the past, like your your childhood. And you ever go back to, like, your childhood home or mm-hmm. something of that sort, and you have all these precious memories, but then when you go back, it's nothing is as it seems. And uh, yeah. you kind of, like, you go back and then you remember all the bad things and so on and so forth, and it kind of just leaves you kind of in a slump. That's why it was like a long way home. It's like a long way back to the good parts that you remember and nothing is as it seems. That's kind of where I got from it. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Thank you. (laughs) And Dave, you get the last comment on this one. Oh, goody. (laughs) Well, I love the way Crystal writes. She's such a, she's such a sweetheart. And um, I, this is no exception. This is this is priceless. You know, it's uh, the, the metaphors that she used and the adjectives and, and the way she put them in here, um, it just grabs right on you and it hauls you down that vortex in the, in the banner there, you know. And uh, I, I, I'm drowning in an abyss. An abyss of haunted memories, heavy on the heart, distant like an obscene reverie. God, that's powerful, obscene reverie. You know, you think about things, and, you know, if you get kind of lost in them, you're in, that's that's what a reverie is. And then to put that uh, adjective on the front part of that, uh, the obscene label, uh, that's really powerful. This whole thing is really powerful, and it's, the storyline and it doesn't get any better. I'm an old storyteller from way back, and it just it has good focus and and the whole nine yards when you read it uh, and then listen to it and um, it, it's just really well really well done, Crystal. I just I think it's one of your best ones that I've heard so far and read. So well done, the lady. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Mm-hmm. Great comment, great comment. Okay, where we're going to go to now is I am going to go ahead and read mine. And um, I call this Chain to a Cage on a Lost Highway. And it's based off the song Bittersweet Symphony by The Verve. Which is, a, I'll explain a little bit, There's a there's an interesting story behind this song. And it goes like this, life, sipping on a swirling cocktail of frangelico and grapefruit juice, twisting, twirling, ever-burning sweetness that puckers lips. I want to rend the pits in my arms, bowing before a hypodermic messiah, drifting in, in the bowl of an infant feeding spoon, 
want to change, but I can't change. Too deranged to rearrange. Bathed in a lost highway of primitive lives. Only road sign is no U-turn. My gums are parched as I wail at a silent garden of prickly pear. No one cares. I'm not spared. Strip bare. So many masks worn. I've become a monster molded to a configuration of what they want, begging for a symphony that shatters my prison, spoken, broken, a worthless token to be free. End poem. Now, the interesting fact about this song, it was actually written by Mick Jagger and the Rolling Stones. And they decided that they did not want to record it. And uh, it ended up becoming a multi-platinum hit for the Verve, which I found very Mm -hmm. interesting. So let's get some comments on this. I will start with Crystal. Crystal, what do you think? Yeah, I I think that this poem is amazing, and I love that you wrote to this song. I used to listen to this song when I was a kid, um, Things it was weird, like the thing that my dad would tell me. He's like, he's like, when you were born, he's like this. He's like, this song came out the same exact year, and I was listening to it before you were born. I was like, okay, <laughs> but I remember that when he tells me that, and I like, I like that song a lot. But um, I know exactly what you were saying earlier like, about the song that they didn't even want recorded. I I knew that, and I was like, why? Wow. I was like, it's such a good song. But to your poem to it, I love towards the ending. So many masks worn. I've become a monster molded into the configuration of what they want. And is that not the truth? We hold, uh, like, ourselves according to what everybody else wants, and then we keep putting on all these masks, like, oh, when I go here, i got to put a smile on my face, even if I'm not mm-hmm. giving my smiling. And then it, and on and on and on it goes, and this is fakeness. It grows inside us, and it's what we think other people want, and really we can't think like that all the time. And I love that you you put that in there. And I love the uh, was it the part uh, the uh, the worthless token. Like when you just go from my prison, spoken, broken, and un- a worthless token. I like how that sounds. How that kind of flowed right there. Um, I like that you put some of the the lyrics in here too. I'm um, about the part about changing. I remember that I started singing the song a little bit when you got to that part. But I think you did a great job with it. <laughs> Thank you. Dave, what do you think? Well, okay, first of all, let's back up just a little bit. What song is this? I've, I've heard almost all of the Rolling Stones songs, but I don't re- recollect this one. What, what's the name of it? Bittersweet Symphony. Oh, yeah, okay, I've heard that, I think. Um, yeah, <laughs> I like that one, too. Um, I agree with what Crystal said about the last stanza there. Um, you know, we, we try to we try to be pleasing to people and and groups of friends and or wherever we're going. It, it it just comes with manners. A lot of people don't have any manners anymore nowadays, but that's uh, on them. Yeah. But uh, you know, it's just so many masks want to become a monster molded to the configuration of what they want. That's that's really true. There's a lot of truth in that in that, in those lines right there. And um, if you do this often enough, um, 
hopefully you don't, but if you do it often enough, you lose your own self and you lose your own identity. Pretty soon you say, well, who the hell am I? What You know, I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm this guy one day and I'm this guy the other, and then I got another hat on on Wednesday. And, it, it, you know, that's, uh, that's not, that's not cool. And, uh, you know, people can't accept you for who the hell they are. If they don't like Dave Prophet, then they don't have to read my poetry. Um, they don't have to look at my goofy face. They don't have to listen to my bullshit. And, um, you know, but that's the way I look at it. I really like this poem. Um, the whole thing, the way it goes all the way through is, uh, I like this, a hypodermic messiah. That's really got a lot of poop to it. Uh, Drifting in the bowl of an infant feeding spoon. God, Jay, you really outdid yourself on this one. I, I think this is really, really good. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, Tila, you get the last say on it. Okay. Uh, JCA, your poem is very good, and I do agree with Crystal and Dave. Um, you are what you are. You cannot be somebody's. You know, we are nobody's de- doormat. We have to be what we are. And why should we wear other people's masks? I all act like one. We just be what we are. If we are normal and we act what we are, then we are fine. You know, that's how I see it. Uh, yeah, maybe lo- when we are growing and slowly, slowly, we don't know the life. When we go outside, we don't know nothing about it. That time, yeah, we might be acting like those things. But then gradually, once you know what life is, you start saying, hey, I want to be what I am. I'm not going to hear what other persons say. And why should I please them? But you've written a beautiful, and I love this one, but I can't change to rearrange to arrange. <laughs> beautiful poem. JC, uh, I love it. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, thank, thank you so much. I really appreciate all you guys. All thank right, you. we are going to move on. And Dave, I'm going to have you go ahead and read your poem next. That's fine. Yeah, no problem. Oh, there it is. Um, I have written several poems. Well, at least two about this mountain right across the street from me. Uh, I am fortunate enough to live up in the. Uh, Cascades in, in Oregon, and um, I'm writing between two uh, ridge lines. And most of these mountains, these ridge lines are 2,500 to 3,500 feet high. And then they go clear, and they run clear up to Mount Hood, which is a 11,250 foot peak. And uh, it's just gorgeous up here. Uh, it's the Mount Hood National Forest, and parts of it are uh, Bureau of Land Management. And um, a lot of times in the morning, I'll come in here and my, my office window looks right across the street at this mountain called Wildcat Mountain, and there's clouds and vapor coming up out of it all the time. It's the damnest thing you ever saw. And uh, so I, I've written several poems about it, and this one's called In the Audience of the Silver Queen. <clears throat> it goes like this. Emerald Mountain calls her silver wraiths. Ghosts, ghostly weave this way and that up her flanks called by the silver queen the summit obscured by clouds and silver filaments diaphanous teasing the imagination of the imaginer she spoke to me in a gentle southeasterly david my loyal admirer i am sorry for your loss of zephyr your hearts and souls so intertwined that's my queen he was an exceptional 
He was exceptional in his dogness and his soul. I miss him. Go closer. Let me touch you so that I may see into your heart, she murmured. I advanced into a circular clearing at the top of Wildcat Mountain. She sat in the center of this vortex of swirling silver elementals on a throne of black onyx with veins of gold running throughout. She looked at me, her ghostly countenance running in and out of temporal sink, her hydrogen alpha eyes gleaming at me in ruby 700 nanometer hues. Please don't be afraid, my human, for I will do thee no harm. Her translucent hand twisting in the mountain drafts, touching me as soft as eiderdown. I see your concerns for me in the wildfires of September, the betrayal of your friend upon you and your dog as you sought refuge from those fires. Manifold are your conflicts within the windmills of your mind about this friend of old. He he is not worthy of your friendship. Thank you, my queen. You see in light years looking into the hearts and souls of those who look upon your beauty. Thank you for showing yourself to me. I beseech thee to always love my mountain, David of Brightwoods. Your faith in my existence holds me here, for I am the watcher in the woods, the queen of this mountain, and all of my emerald children who grow up on those banks of granite and obsidian to suffer unto the snows. Those savage chainsaws shall not pass unseen to my vigilance. I will smite those down who have no grace, who shall lay waste to my kingdom. Like the man you bore witness to in the red plaid shirt, I revealed myself to the sheriff. Now he understands what happened that day, for he is a true believer as you are. I leave you in peace, David, and your dog Sanford. She vanished into a twisting silver vortex spinning up into the sky above Wildcat Mountain. So taken with, with this I was, I could not stand. I sat down on a dead log, my dog and I. Tears of wonderment filled my eyes. <clears throat> a gentle southeasterly wind kissed my face, whispering, I shall always be here with you, David, and your dog Sanford. Blessed be, men of Brightwood and home. You actually brought in a, a science that I enjoy a lot. I know you just, you you brought in um, chemistry here, but you brought in geology, and I, I am a huge rock hound, a huge fan of different types of rocks. Um, I watch I watch a person out on YouTube. Uh, he is from Northern California, and um, let me see. Uh, the, the name of his uh, um, YouTube channel is Quest for Details, and mm-hmm. he rock hunts and he metal detects there in Northern California. But he also went through the forest fires, the the huge fires that were up there, yeah. and uh, he showed the devastation and destruction of the fires afterwards. He was showing before and after pictures and you can see where they absolutely stripped mountains of all their vegetation Mm -hmm. and everything like that and uh, the complete destruction of it. It was amazing that his house survived. Um, You know, and I know many houses didn't survive. And Mm -hmm. uh, that that was just a, a massive thing. I don't think, I don't even know if it was I don't know, you know, it's become such a common event 
in our society that, you know, sometimes we don't even look at it anymore as a big deal, mm-hmm. but it is these people's lives. It is who they are. Sure. It is what they are. And uh, how bad how bad did Wildcat Mountain get hit? Oh, it didn't. It didn't. Uh, not at all. That's I amazing. Fortunate. Yeah, it is amazing. Uh, the fire was actually quite a ways away from my my place. Uh, it was probably at least 25 or 30 miles east of Escada, or, or south, I'm sorry. Uh, but, but they were evacuating a lot of people. Uh, uh, Portland General Electric had shut down a whole bunch, uh, section of Highway 26, which is right right out in front of my house, and ran all the way up to uh, Rhododendron, which is a mountain village up there, about, oh, about 10 miles up the road, I guess. And um, they had the whole thing shut off. Uh, they didn't want any any uh, you know power caused uh, fires and stuff. And they just shut the whole thing down. There was so much smoke and crap in the air. The cell phones wouldn't even hardly work. Uh, you know, walking around out here in my yard, looking up at the sky, it was like Mars. It wasn't blue; it was orange. And then all the smoke and particulates and stuff would sink down, and you couldn't stand the outside in it. You know. Uh, you start burning your nose and throat and stuff, and there was no wind, so there was no wind to blow all this crap out of here, you know. It was terrible. I, I hope I never have to go through another one of those deals again. Man, that was bad. No, and but, I, I can understand that, and it's amazing that you, and we're glad that you were safe. Let me get some <laughs> some more comments for you on this one. Uh, Crystal, what do you think? Yeah, I I think this poem is really uh, really great, and I love that you also wrote to like the fires and everything. And that's amazing that it it didn't hit. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I I always love that you you always are very creative, and just you seeing Wild uh, Wildcat Mountain, and then all of a sudden you just like I want to write a story about it, and you see it all the time, but you're like <laughs> you really just wanted to do that, and I love that. And to to put uh, your own spin on it, as you normally do, of your talking to this queen. And I love um, seeing that. But there's also just this kind of emotion to it that I've seen more to this one than I ever have to any other stories. Because usually the other ones have a little bit of humor or here and there. But at the end, it was like some type of um, strong sadness or emotion. And I could tell it was like from a little bit from the fires and... uh, I think uh, everything you did with this is just incredible. Well, thank you, Crystal. There's a uh, in my author's notes. There's a link to the one of the first uh, Wildcat poems. It's called uh, "The Silver Queen in Wildcat Mountain," and I made a reference to a sheriff in here and a guy in a red plaid shirt in this poem. And he's uh, he's in the other one there. He's well, the queen did away with him actually. They give it a part part of it away, but anyhow, um, <clears throat> thank you, Chief. Uh, I, I lost a friend over this this whole deal too, and that's that's what this other thing was about. In the first part of the poem, poem there, it said he's not worthy of your friendship. Um, he told me that I could come down there and, and stay with him, and because you know they were evacuating people up in in this area, and so I drove down there. And I uh, had the dog with me, and uh, I, well, by the time I got there, he changed his mind and 
kind of pulled the plug on the offer that he made. And so uh, that that kind of hit me pretty hard. And uh, there was a lot of other things too, but that's part of the poem. That's part of what I put in the poem too. So this poem is a composite of a, another poem and some experiences and the fires and all of that stuff. And uh, thank you for your comment, Chrissy. That was really nice. And Tila, what do you think? Uh, I think, Dave, you've done a superb with this poem. The reason why? Because um, you made the, the silver queen like as though he's talking to you, but it's you who's talking and uh, with the dog and what you went through. And then at the same time, the person who betrayed you. And uh, I felt that very, uh, very painful and hurt. You know, I felt like um, very sad about it, thinking about it. But uh, the way you, you you went through step by step and your feelings, um, you know, was superb. And uh, I loved it. And I love the way you said, thank you, my queen. You see in light is looking into the hearts and soul of those who look upon your beauty. Thank you for showing yourself to me. Uh, I really love that uh, thing. Thank and uh, hope everything is goes back. <laughs> well, it's getting there. <laughs> All right. Well, where we're going to go from here, Crystal, can I have you read the next poem for us? Yeah. Okay, we got one from. Uh, I know you're. You've got a nice bright uh, uh, disposition, so I'm going to have you read a dark poem by Lizzie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. The poetry I've been reading recently hasn't been all cheery, so. <laughs> so let's see. All right, this one is called "Pierce My Darkness" by Lizzie. One. Listen to the whispers spoken within a breath. A sign exhaled with a parted lip softly calls your name. Place your hand upon my chest and decipher the code beneath. There within lie a place for you beneath the silence of every beat. Two, sense the trembling quaking within my core. A diamond-heated serpent begins to slowly uncoil injecting toxin, poisoning my blood. Voices scream within my head into the darkness I retreat, for I am much too broken, a pile of shattered parts no one cares ever mend. Three, light pierces my darkness, the flame begins to burn, melting the icy chambers around my frozen heart, exposing my cobwebbed my cobwebs halls, abandoned and locked away. The guiding light I follow, casting fear to the wind and peace. This is uh, quite amazing. Um, mm-hmm. The one thing that I want to, I want that this reminds me. I'm, I'm looking at that last, and I don't know why, why that last um, stanza made me think of this. But uh, a lot of people don't realize. Um, the ancient Egyptians, um, when they were uh, building their pyramids, um, they had to have some form of light source that did not deal with fire. Because when 
the archaeologists went through the tunnels, they didn't find any remnants of smoke or oil or anything that deals with burning. So they were thinking that either way, somehow they illuminated hallways, and that's where that's probably why I saw this exposing my cobweb halls. You know, we're talking about old hallways, exposing them either with with a reflected sunlight or some type of advanced lighting source that we still don't know about. So I that uh, that's kind of what that last thing reminded me of, and that um, that uh, it was an impossible way to light things, but it was lit anyways, and that's what this whole whole poem reminds me about. That there there almost feels like an impossibility, impossibility, but then light pierces my darkness, and uh, that uh, third vine in the in the vignette shows that. There is a possibility. Uh, mm-hmm. Dave, I'm going to start the comments with you. Oh, man. I love the way Lizzie writes. She she just fascinates me with her mind and, and her attitudes and stuff. Um, I really like the way Chrissy read this, too. It was really good. You did a good job on that, Chrissy. Um, yeah, and I, I've done a lot of study in ancient Egypt and and how they built the pyramids and stuff. And I agree with you, uh, Jay. That's there's so much stuff that it makes you scratch your head and go, "What the hell? How do they do that?" There is a stone tablet between the Sphinx's front feet. It's called the Dream Stella, a Tutmosis the Fourth, I think it's called. This thing weighs 33 tons. Now, how in the hell do those people back in those days, with no cranes, bulldozers, any of this stuff, how did they get that? stone tablet there. This wasn't, it's not part of the Sphinx. It, it's a, a monument that's, that sits right between his legs. And I, I don't know very many people that even know about it, um, but it, it was put there because the, uh, the, the pharaoh had a dream, uh, you know, and, and he, I, I don't remember how it goes, but it's a story. In, in hieroglyphics, and it, it tells about this dream that I think it was Tutmosis IV had that he was going to be a pharaoh, and he was. And uh, and um, you know, I was watching a thing about the, the the pyramid, well, Egypt the other day, and they said that there's over one million blocks. Uh, maybe it's maybe it's more than that. I don't know. I think they said it over a million blocks these stones in there, and some of them uh, are positioned where you can't even shove a piece of paper in between them. Now, Jesus, I mean, if you want to really stretch your mind a little bit, that's, you know, that's a, that's amazing. And um, I, I like the way this poem went, uh, listen to the whispers spoken within a breath, a sigh exhaled. Parted lips softly calls your name. There's a lot of sensuality in this poem, you know. And uh, place your hand upon my chest and decipher the code beneath. There within lay a place for you between the silence of every beat. This is really sexy in a really classy way. Um, you know, I, I just, uh, it, this was really amazing poem to me. I, it hit me on a whole bunch of different levels. And, uh, 
So anyway, <laughs> that's my comment. Great comment. Wonderful comment. Crystal, you read it. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know why I get a little bit something different. Um from reading this, I don't. From I don't know. Maybe it was just more towards the the latter parts of the poem. It it made me think kind of like uh, someone that that's hurting and the like the inside of their heart almost, or mm-hmm. of a or the who they are is almost like an abandoned house. Like I felt like I was walking into an abandoned house with like broken windows. Like in the part where she's talking about um. Uh, the shattered parts of being so yeah. broken and then talking about the frozen heart, almost like you were in an abandoned house um, with broken windows and you barely had any light on you. And that's what you were looking for. You're walking in this abandoned house looking for some sort of light. Um, I don't know. That's where I got from it. I don't know, <laughs> but I, I'm glad <laughs> that we all can get something different from it. And uh, but I think mm-hmm. that this is incredible. I love her wording throughout this, and just the emotion that you get from it. Lizzie did a great job. It's a wonderful comment. And Tila, what do you think? I think uh, Lizzie, your philosophy, your poem was uh, abstract and uh, dark. Uh, I like the line uh, whisper between the silence of every beat as the diamond-headed serpent melting the icy chamber around my frozen heart. Uh, I do agree a little bit with uh, Crystal um, that uh, it is kind of, you know, um, uh, the heart has been frozen and something, somewhere it's disturbing her or something like that. Yeah, I agree. Thank you. Wonderful, wonderful. And now uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go on to the next poem. And here's a little something from Frank. This is called Words Mm -hmm. Are My Art by Poetic Picasso. And um, I like it. And here's here's how it goes. I have often expressed within my candid admission as an artist that words are either vague or meaningful in nature. Indeed. Waiting for the sirens, man. Hold on. I'm going to start <laughs> oh, that over. Sorry. That oh, yeah. We, they're we coming for Jay. <laughs> it's okay, Tila. It's okay. All right. This is called Words Are My Art by Poetic Picasso. I have often expressed within my candid admission as an artist that words are either vague or meaningful in nature. Indeed, they can be an abstract notion of something or they can signify absolutely nothing in their expression. I am an intellectual artist and my art is reflected of the passion of my vision and my affection for its sentimental value. I who adore the pleasures and rewards of art can appreciate the art of words and its just merits. Regrettably, there are those individuals who do not value the hidden treasures of words and negate their relevance. 
Thus, what is forsaken is the purity and essence of the that aesthetic beauty that the artists provoke naturally. To define the purpose of their own beauty and essence which carries on in this journey of life is to acknowledge their poetic elegance. There is a certain element in words that defines this truth and is it is uniquely attached to our boundless imagination. If we allow ourselves the freedom to imagine such wonders materializing before our eyes, we would discover a world with no limitations but our own. Oh, I am only an artist of eccentricity within this theater that is our world, but words are my art and poem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I absolutely find this fascinating, fascinating. This um this the way he puts this together, this is um um This is a uh, obvious. This was inspired by Oscar Wilde, and I, I think that he did a wonderful, wonderful job in portraying the elegance of Oscar Wilde himself. And uh, the whole thing is is part of our art, and I think it does does a wonderful job. Now, before I get comments for Frank, I am going to. Welcome in a special caller, the boss herself, the virtuoso, Boo. Hey, Boo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hi, Boo. Boo. <laughs> Hi, Boo. Hi. She, I know. There she goes. She speaks. Yeah, we got you. <laughs> okay. We got you. All right, let me get some comments for uh, Frank on this. And um, Crystal, I'm going to start with you. I had a feeling. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I I agree with uh, with Frank here about, especially being a writer and a poet, that is a, a, our type of um, artistry is words. And but I will agree with him in the beginning where he's talking about that words can either mean nothing or mean everything because it is words often have a purpose but we have to give uh, the words their own meaning otherwise you're not going to get anything from it. But I, I love where he he sees this though of uh, seeing the world differently as an artist and I think that it, that is amazing to be wanting to. Um, because like a lot of the times, um, like us, we will write poetry in some way. We see nature in a different way. We see people in a different way. We see all these things in a different way. And many people don't understand that, or they just they may have their own viewpoint. Maybe everyone really is an artist. But going back to uh, what he was saying about being a poet and um, seeing of words, is that we since we do see it so differently and. Um, I don't know, I kind of lost train of thought when I got there, but I was saying, like, I like that he did say that about um, how we have to give words some type of purpose or so. 
Um, but I think that he did a great job with this. And uh, Tila. Oh, wow. Uh, Frank, you, you have nailed it. And I agree with Crystal, what she mentioned just now. Uh, words have to be full of meaningful. Without words, not understanding or not, then you you cannot, you know, it's no purpose of it. And I, I totally agree that uh, the way uh, each line of, um, Frank has uh, mentioned, it's so beautifully, each line has its meaning and uh, I love it you know oh I'm only an artist of eccentricity within the theater that is our world but words are my art how true beautiful and Dave Dave are you on mute yes I was I, I apologize for that um, I really wanted to comment on this poem because I, I can't stand to read something that's just shotgun full of metaphors and, and and words that aren't you know positioned correctly in a poem that describe you know that dis, disjoint the thought or the storyline. Uh, you know the first part of that thing uh, I have often expressed within my candid admission as an artist word that words are either vague or meaningful in nature. Indeed, they can be abstract notion of something or that can signify absolutely nothing in their expression. That's right, you know. I, um, I, I remember one time, not too long ago, maybe a year or two ago, but of us were fooling around uh, in one of the groups I was in, and we, we, <laughs> we wrote a, po- a bunch of poems and, and then posted them, just to see how they ranked in uh, in a, uh, the auto rank thing, you know. And uh, this one poem that I wrote was nonsense. There was nothing to it. It was just a, a bunch of bullshit that was that I wrote in there. And it, and auto rank scored it a ten. <laughs> so you know, it, it shows you how accurate that thing is. You know, that algorithm is worthless in my opinion, but. Anyhow, this, he really hits the nail on the head with this poem. Um, I really liked the fact that he was so articulate with, uh, you know, how he uses these words and how we should be using them. And, and uh, the center uh, stanza there says, regrettably, there are those individuals who do not value the hidden treasures of words and negate their relevance. That's so true, you know. Um, so, you know, it's, you know, when we're writing a poem, we think about things, you know, uh, the, the one of the problems with rhyming poetry is it kind of takes away some of the, some of that thought process about what words we want to use and what would be appropriate to what we are trying to express and, um, you know, in order to make the damn thing rhyme. So, <laughs> but uh, this is a, uh, this poem really, really uh, defines that, yeah, that whole process. And, uh, you know, uh, it really gives validity to uh, uh, our, our type of poetry. So, anyway, that's my comment on it. <laughs> that's great, great. All right. Let me see. Boo. Boo-boo, 
Are you ready? <laughs> I can barely hear you, Boo. Yeah, me neither. Can't hear you at all, Boo. Turn your volume up, Boo. Okay, okay, relax. <laughs> Come on, what? Queen. Let's hear you. Come on. Shoot, I don't know. I was trying. I was trying to find a different one, but I can't find the one I was looking for. Yeah. Okay. Um. Sorry. I see the fitness again. I mean, um, I put some phonic seasons up for you. Okay, that's fine. That's good. Okay, that works. Okay. All right. Uh, so this is some phonic seasons. I love that person. This is absolutely brilliant. This you you, it's soft. It's one of, uh, once again one of those soft boo rights, and we often wonder who 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 the hell wrote that. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I think it's I think it's brilliant, boo. Congratulations on that front page pick for this one. Um, it, uh, it it's a it's a nice poem. And it works so well. It's got it's got uh, a great feel behind it, and you did wonderful with it. Let me get you some comments. I want to start with Tila on this one. Oh wow! Boo boo boo! <laughs> Congratulations, <laughs> winning gold, and also picks uh, front page pick. I'm so happy. I love, especially I love the picture. Uh, it's full of. Uh, <laughs> Oh God, full of love, you know, and the autumn or or anything. Oh, oh, the oh. Epic, I love the. Oh wow, what noise is that? <laughs> oh, apricot. I love that one. Well, it's my favorite, anyway. So I love that. Uh, the the atmosphere is all related. Leaves nothing up to chance. Seasons may come and go. My dear, may I have a dance with you? How beautiful! <laughs> it's nice, Kivu. I loved it. And Where are uh, you? Dave. Dave. Oh man, <laughs> I oh, love the God. Queen's poetry. It's just great. Uh, this was beautiful, and I, I have to agree with you on your opening statement about this poem. It doesn't have a typical boo signature. Well, it does in a in a different way. That that's what I'd like to say. This is beautiful. I mean, it's it's really uh, lovely and. And it has a lot of grace in, uh, uh, to it. And um, 
oh, there's another word I'm looking for, but I can't read, read right now. But um, I like the last stanza. If the atmosphere is all relative, leave nothing up to chance. Seasons may come and go, my dear. May I have a dance? And uh, yeah, it's beautiful. That's really beautiful. And uh, if I could, I'd give you a hug, though. This is perfect. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And Crystal. Thank you. Yeah, I, I remember this one. Uh, I, I might have been right around the time that it was written. I don't know, um, but I remember it. And I always uh, liked that picture about like dancing in the rain and uh, um, just like the bit of color from the autumn and everything, and then your lines going along with it, um, having that romance uh, under the moonlight and um, almost like uh, taking uh, life tango together so kind of like thinking of that kind of realm when you read it um, but I think that this is just beautiful and I love the the, the apricot sonnets and everything and about the the illuminated fireflies that's uh, <laughs> really beautiful hmm. yep all right. What I'm going to do right now is I'm going to I'm going to give my thanks out to the people because we're going to be off air in about two and a half minutes off the board. Um, but thanks, Lynn, Salwa, Tila, Dave, Crystal for calling in. Josephine, Titus, and Cindy out on the board. Your troopers, Boo. Thank you for everything you do. You're amazing. You're the heartbeat of this, and I wouldn't want anybody else to be in this journey. Also, thanks to Faye for being out on the board. I saw him um, as well. So good to see everybody. And uh, I, I'm go- I decided I'm going to read the last poem since it was for my birthday challenge. And it, it's called A Gentle Shade of Pink by Sticky Heart. So I'm kind of excited to check it out. Oh, yeah. It was like really the- good one. <laughs> She had one problem. The lipstick wasn't her shade. A a gentle rose pink on a Tar Heel blue collar, not faded enough for her not to notice, but faded enough to know. He must have got his hands dirty doing his own washing. But But it wasn't this alien lipstick, no. It wasn't this that crept into her bloodstream crawling through her eye ducts behind the lid, creeping into her pupils, swelling her muscled tongue, and she was pretty sure it was her tongue that snatched up the knife that night, laughing at the pleading palmed manskin, and it was her tongue that decided to show him how a backstab feels, a slice to the lung, carving his breath, a clean vent, half expecting golden coins to flow out from such satisfying slot to the throat. But no, her tongue knew just the blood stain of a traitor, coppering and boring, yet her mouth drooled of this ham-splattered wet for even now she is still desired to taste him. Yet she had one problem, the scent on his shirt, 
in his hair under his dirty nails wasn't her brand of fresh rose pink Chanel. No, this was patchouli with a touch of vanilla saturated near the buttons, slightly faded, still, still she noticed. But it wasn't this that made her grin. Oh, it helped her own nose. Every sensitive membrane of the nostril whispered, yes. The sweet sound of blade meeting bone, scrapping flesh of calves, cheeking the juicy bits. It's all deserved, earned, and justified. And as she greased the roasting pan that night and felt him warm in her throat, filling her gratified she thanked her tongue, her drooling tongue, for making him hers. And Paul. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I read this. Oh, oh my God. God. A couple of days ago, oh and it just blew God. me away. <laughs> you know? <laughs> She's amazing. Wow, this is this is uh, quite the quite the spectacular, right? Uh, she took the, the what I wrote and went into a whole different avenue. Um, the the vengeful uh, cannibal. I'll, I'll call this the vengeful cannibal. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The, the way she put this together was great. Uh, she took my story, expanded on it, and went really, really dark, really quick. Oh my gosh, Dave, what'd you think? Oh, thank you. Uh, I, like I said, I, I read this thing a couple of days ago after she just posted it, and uh, I commented on it to her, and. Um, it just uh, I sent her a private message on this thing, I think. Anyhow, uh, you, this was really good, really, really good. I love the way this girl writes. Uh, you, she's one of my buds, you know, and and we talk off, off, and, off and on here. But anyhow, this uh, just, just a bloodstain of a traitor, coppery and boring, yet her mouth drooled over this hand-splattered wet. <laughs> God, this, is, this don't leave much in the imagination, you know. Uh, she just, you know, she just comes right out and sets what's on her mind and, and uh, in this whole thing. And I really, really like this. And um, <laughs> uh, I, I was, uh, I knew what kind of a reaction I was going to get when you started reading this thing, Jay, because it's just, it's just, uh, uh, I don't know. I, maybe she's taking lessons from Boo. I don't know. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> she has a really possibility. Uh, yeah, Hillary has a real uh, nice way of of assembling a, a poem and using her works. She's got an excellent vocabulary. It's just excellent. And uh, you know, I I really like this gal. She's cool as hell. And this poem is the same thing. So <laughs> that's my two cents. And Hila, what'd you think? I think I I just mentioned here. Um, uh, Full of beautiful rites, like the lines, gentle rose pink, how backstab feels all those perfumes, and still winning him in in, in end. Go sticky heart. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> all right. Well, thank, thank you, everybody, for calling. What I'm going to do is I'm going to play a little pupil on our way out. 
This is uh, okay. one of his, more, probably my favorite uh, song that he does. And uh, we will uh, end it with this. And uh, here we go, little pupil. Deal in the dark places, face it and faithfully wake underweight with atlas expectations. Ain't a mission wasted on this creation, saving the stigma. Even Jesus gotta call it a statement. Pay up to hasten, aging patients cannot afford this anthropomorphic God. Send the wolf at the doormat. That's the performance. That's being ensure the gore stick to your endorphins, or this man'll go more sick. But to each his own well-wisher Marvelous catharsis on a beach with no swell fisher King keep his swisher guarded pardon Are you a pauper starving art or martyr Cause your heart think it die hard And I might sharpen knives carving Save out of the lifeguard And Ray-Bans and tripe bars Do time on a milk cart And drive a hard bargain Stake mics through the palm Sovereign fall the alms That Solomon solved his own problems Let the lot of them evolve Sparking joints to blaze the point Then trail off till the cows walk in Although they gotta knock first I'm under glock and keyboard him down to knock worse Beast of burden bound within an earthen where every beef burn Were of the words down to two worlds that never need sleep Like a rapper raped a simile I slam a lethal needle founded in the vein of villainy the chillin' y'all's the killin' me Sin among the ill, spin surreal to spill the imagery A milli-UV tenemy, nine on mine the pillory This one pill Benadryl, y'all sleepin' on the hole in me Spirituality still haunting These lost causes mirror duality Always mocking me with stopping me from offing me Three cheers for the offering It's daunting, sacrificing longings Three years since I fought these fiends The sarcophagus is out of questions, we ain't earned the quest yet The answer in each part of us, the cart before the horses husk E pluribus unum consuming ashes, dust up at dusk I lose change thanks to dumb luck, so what's up? Will I take a and say it? Will I make a difference? The innocents who murder inference, forensic cynicism coffin I'm postulating nail and box of pine stall Cleanliness is next to godliness, I live to withdraw, no windfall In the very storm I swore to never rain And euthanasia is aphasia, wanna explore my brain in my man Men, namely kings, but throw both with the dupes. Then I came and aim and shame at every kiddo out the playpen. They layman, basic MCs running their mouths off. This southpaw albatross, slip knots till their eyes cross. It's pinnacle, neck break off the break beat late. No wait, just a cakewalk and a service for a widow's maid. I may be often crazy and oftentimes battle fraught. Cattle prod the hive mind, the mic hot, the hype knot. I ego shock electric pop, frying these mosquitoes, but we blood fam. Hip hop be the crime scene for amigos. But we blood fam, hip-hop be the crime scene for amigos. Well, that was our very own pupil. And uh, thank you all for calling. Uh, This has been Our House. And this is JCA signing off.